0: From the sports desks of the Topeka Capital Journal, the Salina Journal, the Hutchinson News, and all of Gannett, Kansas.
1: This is the Gannett, Kansas Sports Podcast.
2: What's up, everybody? Welcome on in to the Gannett, Kansas Sports Podcast. I'm your co host, Billy Watson. Sports reporter at the Hutchinson News. Joining me as always are Dylan Sherwood of the Celina Journal and Seth Kinker of the Topeka Capital Journal. In Seth's words, we're excited to do our nonsense, not only print, but now audio. It's Substate Basketball Week, boys. The best time of the year. Christmas all over again. Postseason, win or go home. we got a lot of good matchups to get to. We're going to break down a lot of the top matchups in our area, break down the the futuristic matchups in the sub-state final, potential quarterfinal matchups, Who, what teams we think we have a chance of pulling off an upset, what teams could make that run. I know Dylan's been talking about the one team that he think will probably make the run. Seth's got some good teams. I do, too, in uh, the Reno County area myself. So let's get right to it. You know, sub substates tournaments were announced on Saturday while we were at wrestling, which just wrapped up over the weekend. A lot of great outcomes over there across the state, so... Now it's basketball time. And let's start with you, Dylan. You know, you're talking about this Salinas Central team that has a really good chance of making it to the state tournament. And they're on a good run. But what are you most looking forward to uh, starting tomorrow, possibly tonight as we film this on Monday? But Tuesday really gets everything going with 5A and 6A. But what are you look, most looking forward to? And what matchups are you really eyeing right now heading into sub uh, a
1: lot. A lot of my matchups are going to be intriguing later on in the week because the Salina Central girls are playing Newton for a second time and they just beat Newton by 46 last Tuesday in Salina. So uh, that's going to be a cupcake. Uh, but the, their their substate <laughs> final could be intriguing because they'll either face Hayes or Mays South. And Hayes was a team that they beat by, I think it was like 20 or 21, uh, late in January. But that could be an intriguing matchup in the sub-state final. And then a May South team, that's, that's solid in the ABC-TL1. And I mean, I mean, I think that's going to be, no matter who they're going to play, it's going to be difficult because they'll see either a Hayes team, for The second time, or they're gonna see a very solid May South team. And I, I'm just looking at the score from January 28th. Salina Central beat Hayes 68 to 43. Also, Hayes plays in the WAC, which doesn't have I mean on, on the girls' side in the WAC, it's either Liberal or Dodge, but uh, nobody else. But um, I see an, an intriguing Salina Central Hayes matchup, or maybe even them facing May South. May South. 11-9, playing in the difficult ABC-TL-1. They got wins in league play over Newton, Salina South. They got an ABC-TL-2 win, a non-league over uh, Arc City. Uh, they lost by 5 to Goddard. Uh, they lost by 11 to Andover, lost by 9 to Hutch. And a 12-point loss to Hutch, 24. Uh, I, and I've seen May South play. I saw them play... In December, and they got Avery Lowe, who's a 6'3 junior, uh, and then they got some, they got some good uh, perimeter players, and I think that matchup could be interesting if we see it. But May South has to go to Hayes, and that's a difficult eight-nine matchup and a very good toss-up. So that's uh that I mean, I see Slidell Central getting out of there because of their experience and getting to the state tournament. Last year and losing in the semis and finishing in third, uh, lo- uh, losing to Andover Central. But I see the Salina Central team uh, going far. Um, but uh, I got a game tonight with El Saline. Uh, I think they will make it to the uh, semifinals. They'll have to run into Harrington most likely in the semifinals. Uh, Sigurd Heart Boys could probably make a run. They would have to run into St. Mary to get to the 2A. And Salina South has to play Andover Central on the boys' side. I don't see it, see them winning that. Uh, Salina Central has to play Valley Center on the boys' side. Uh, that will be a third matchup, so that will be interesting because it seems like the trend for the Salina Central boys is playing a team at least three times in a year, and uh, it's been an interesting one there. I think that would be the second team that they would play for a third time and then, um, let's see, Southeast of Saline, they're both the number one seeds in the Minneapolis substate, And I see them uh, getting out of that substate and heading to Hutch as well. So Salina Central girls and both Southeast of Saline teams, I look at seeing going qualifying for the state tournament from the Salina area.
2: Yeah, and going more on to that, you know, uh, my area, we got a potential sub-state final with a couple teams from Seth's area. Um, I'll kind of start from the bottom going up. Uh, Hutchinson, Central Christian, ranked number four in the final 1A Division two, one A Division two classification. They got the first round by in the Stafford re, uh, sub-state, and they'll end up running into McPherson, Elyria Christian, who they beat actually early in the year in, in a Substate preview, as uh, Coach called it, Coach Kaufman over there called it. So that'll likely happen on Saturday. Uh, Central Christian will end up playing Chase on Friday. A good matchup there. Another kind of rematch in the small schools will be Pretty Prairie Norwich. They'll potentially run into each other in the substate final at Udall. Hope I, I said that right, Dylan. Uh, I know you're always uh,
1: you're, you're me for good. Udall. mispronouncing
2: school names. Yeah, but yeah, you're Udall. good. Udall. There you go. So another. It'll be the third time, fourth time they play each other, third time, third time they play each other this season. Pretty Prairie avenged the first loss of the year in a tournament championship and held Norwich to 19 points. So that'll be a, a Saturday night primetime matchup in Udall. Another good one is the Nickerson Substate, both on the girls and boys side. This has been probably talked about around the area, maybe around the state, but this is probably one of been the most talked about and most unfair sub states in probably the whole state because on the girls' side, you got number one seed Nickerson, the host. Cool for them, nineteen and one on the year. Only loss is to the two seed Cheney in the Haven tournament, which was a blowout. And they had Ava Jones too, and she sat out with for like a week or two with an injury after that tournament. But they Cheney was what I told was I was told was the overall better team. They had every position was just better, almost every, because you can't really say any any girls better than Ava Jones right now. But you'll potentially have Nickerson Cheney, who Cheney, I believe, is the number two team, and Nickerson's number four. I could be wrong there on the rankings, but that's that's a top five matchup in a sub state, so only one's going to get to go to state. And then on the boys' side, Cheney Heston are also in the same sub state as well. It's the same same site. And Heston girls are also in the girls' one as well. And they're, they, you can't count them out either because they're pretty decent as well. But Heston's the two-seed with their one loss to Hillsborough in the Hillsborough Championship tur- of the tournament. And then the undefeated Chidi Cardinals led by Harrison Moth and a bunch of other really talented players. They're undefeated. Number one seed against the likely uh, well, last year's champion. They'll, they'll probably end up facing each other in the sub-state final. And that's a one one-two matchup in the 3A boys rankings it's just so unfair um but it this is why i think we should have four regions instead i mean you might have still have the same teams in the region but at least you might narrow them down a little bit more and i think that'll be more to talk about later but another critical thing to talk about there but um going more so into the six through four a bueller has a good shot at getting to the state quarterfinals they'll probably end up running into el dorado in their sub-state final, they'll have to get by Wellington, who's six and fourteen. El Dorado thirteen and seven will take on Circle, and that whole that whole league, the Arc Valley Chisholm Trail Division three league, has just been tough this year. And El Dorado's been on the climb the whole year. McPherson's been great as well, getting better throughout the year, even without Sith Madron, who's their best player. But Bueller, uh, tough loss for them to end their road schedule at El Dorado. That kind of hurt their chances a little bit and that allowed Pratt who could be on upset alert in in my opinion in their sub state because they're 16 and four but they played a heavy 3A schedule and there are three there they played a, the like I said heavy 3A schedule against the Hestons the Hillsboroughs the havens the Pratts uh, the, the Pratt just played a 3A schedule probably added a few but they they could be on potential upset alert as McPherson is the what you can call the four seed in their substate, They're the nine against the eight seed Clearwater. So Pratt should get by Ulysses, who's one in 19, and the last team in that uh, sub-state. So that could be interesting to see. And I mentioned this to Seth, that the Bueller girls could potentially pull off an upset against Rock Creek, who also played a very under their classification schedule. So we'll see how that goes. Um, like I said, uh, Seth, you... We'll potentially see a Hutchinson Washburn bruel girls sub-state final. Uh, I know you've covered Washburn bruel pretty pretty good this year. Uh, another team they'll 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 face tomorrow Tuesday is Manhattan eight and twelve. Coach Connor Riley told me this they're not to be looked over because they're eight and twelve, but that's a Centennial League up there in the upper parts of Kansas. So Hutchinson can't take them likely, but what are just your thoughts on Washburn rules chances this year? You know, you, they, you just said they went through a mid season tournament where they got those losses and learned, but how good is this Washburn rural team that they could potentially face Hutchinson in that sub state final?
0: So actually that, that mid season tournament, uh, they, they ended up winning. It was a lady firebirds classic over, over a free state and they had uh two, two ranked wins. So uh, to me, like that really showed. And it was back to back. I mean, it was sort of like, Barely any rest time. They had the semifinal and then the championship game the very right next day. Um, to me, it, sh- it showed a lot of growth. I mean, their two losses are to T high, one of the best teams in 6A that's been ranked with them all season long at the top of the 6A rankings. Um, I think they do have a really good chance to make a run this year. I mean, they, they didn't really lose anybody from last year's team at all. Um, they're gelling out like, a, lot, a lot better this year. They've got, um, you know, <laughs> Kevin Bordwick the great volleyball and basketball coach over there at Washington Rule, he's, he's very critical every time you talk to him about the team and how they're always just kind of looking to improve, not looking too far ahead, looking just kind of game by game, kind of a lot of coach speak, but at the same time you kind of see it from these girls. You kind of see the improvement on um, what they're able to do. And, you know, you know, whenever I talk to him earlier this season, you know, hey, we want to address X, Y, and Z, three-point shooting, um, doing this and that, getting tried and fouls better, whatever it is, the next time I see them, you, you see that the marked improvement they made from however many games the last time I saw them to that. So um, it's a, just a team with another uh, year of experience under their belt. Uh, they, they want to kind of make that deeper run this year, and I think they definitely have a good a chance to, especially to me that was the difference at that mid-season tournament, seeing them have those two ranked wins back-to-back on no rest time against two really good teams that, you know, would... Washburn River, and Topeka High are kind of the cream of the crop in the Centennial League over here. And so for them to kind of uh, play some of those other te- bigger teams, highly ranked teams in 6A, um, and, and still do that and show up and perform and win and, and grind it out against teams that have other kind of D1 basketball commits on their rosters, um, to me shows they definitely have the potential to make a deep state tournament run this year.
2: Another team up there that's pretty good is the Silver Lake Girls in 3A. They were in the top three or this this year, jumped Nickerson as well after Nickerson fell to Cheney. That one last week in January, how good are they, and uh, what what makes them stand out, and what could they could do to possibly
0: make a run? Yeah, I definitely have them as another team uh, definitely um, that has the ability and I think will uh, make a deep run in the state tournament. Uh, they returned six. Six of their starters from last year's uh, state tournament qualifying team. well, no, they won substates last year, and that was their, last year was their first winning record since 2016, which was the last time they had won a state title. Wow. Uh, they have a second-year wow. coach in Kyle Porter, who had had success um, prior to coming here to Silver Lake, and he's continued that success here. Um, the They've got uh, Mackenzie McDaniel down in the post. Uh, she's a double-double machine. Um, and then their perimeter is um, they've got Taylor Ross, another forward there, who's uh, just a junior now with more experience. And with the attention that Mackenzie McDaniel kind of requires in the post, uh, almost every team doubles her right away. Like, she's a focus on the scouting report. It allows Taylor to kind of get her shots in the paint and honestly get a lot of easy rebounds because so many teams focus on her. She's able to kind of clean up, or McDaniel, that she's able to kind of clean up the boards really easily. And their perimeter trio, um, Mariah Farmer, McKinley Kruger, uh, Cameron Kruger, they are all kind of interchangeable. They all can push the ball. They all can defend. They can all shoot. Mm-hmm. And so it's a just really fast fast-paced, up-tempo team that can defend in multiple ways, attack in multiple ways. Um, I really like what they're able to do. Um, It's been kind of fun to watch them uh, just climb the rankings. You know, they weren't ranked. uh, They were ranked highly, I think. Not highly, but they were ranked at the start of the season. They've steadily climbed into that number one spot and held it. Um, They had a couple couple scares, I think, near the end of the season where they might have had, like, the first half go a little bit slower than they would have liked and there was a closer score, maybe been trailing in a game or two, but yeah. then in the second half yeah. they ended up pulling away. So it, it's, uh, that's a really impressive team to me as well. I think they can also make another run on uh, this postseason.
2: As far as your area goes, you know, those three teams you mentioned, Topeka High, Washburn, Rural, Silver Lake, uh, who else kind of has a chance? And w- Go ahead and break those teams down uh, as much as you want or as least as you want, but who else can kind of... Uh, Keep their season alive in, in the Topeka, area right, the Topeka now. area right
0: now. Yeah, um, I'll go with uh, Hayden in in 4A. Uh, they're gonna travel to Holton and face number five Holton on Wednesday to open up their sub state. But um, if they get past that, they face the they face winner uh, number four Willmigo and the number thirteen seed Coffee though. And Willmigo's ranked um, in the top ten in 4A. But the thing about Hayden is like they play again. You go back to that Centennial League. They play such a, a tough schedule, being one of the smaller schools in the area, playing all these you know 5A and 6A teams. But they've taken their lumps and they've come out better for it. I mean, if you look at their their record, it doesn't kind of stand out to you. Their record is seven and thirteen. But if you look at their schedule to end the year, they went four and five, with the one loss being to Speak West, the number two ranked team in five A, who went to the state championship last year. They lost fifty one to forty eight in overtime um, on a last second three. So they easily could have been five of the season on a five win streak and beaten the number two team in 5A, if not for a hero three ball by one of the best players in the state, Elijah Brooks. Um, and and that, that team is just, uh, they've got weapons, they got some senior leadership, they've got guys kind of stepping into bigger roles this year. They've had they had a few returning players, but not a lot of guys that had quality varsity minutes last year, not until like late in the season last year. So for them to kind of step up and gel and, and have a new head coach in Dwayne Paul and see them. Uh, kind of putting it all together at the right time. You know, we always talk about wanting to play your best best basketball in March, best basketball at the end of the season, peaking at the right time. All that, all those kind of things. And I, I think they really are. Um, they got Trent Duffy, um, an experienced guard, a collegiate commit. Uh, Joe Odding, who's a standout, a, a D1 football recruit, uh, also having a great year in basketball as well. Um, so they just have um, good weapons. You know, it's it's a solid team basketball to me. There's no kind of superstar. Like things might run through the post with Joe Odding, but at the same time. They've had other guys kind of step in and, and be the guy on certain nights, so it's it's a really good team, team-oriented basketball team. I think that has um, just a lot of good pieces that, that gel together well. Um, kind of looking at some of the other teams, I'll say like um, Highland Park. They've been ranked all season long, they're the number three seed in their sub-state. Um, and if they get past St. Thomas Aquinas on Tuesday, uh, they'll face the winner of number six Piper and number eleven Lansing. Um, that's a team that is if uh, the. The only worry I have about them is their, their adjustments to some of the things that once teams see what they like to do, which is uh, push the pace, get out in front, and kind of play up tempo. You know, they have a lot of... Uh, senior guard, Ontario Roberts, one of the best guards in the state, uh, crossed 1,000 points this year. Um, he can do it all. I mean, he had 35 points against Topeka West earlier the season, but two of their losses against Topeka West... Um, they kind of were slowed down by a uh, trademark amoeba defense that uh, typical West likes to run, just a kind of a 2-3, and they also threw in some 3-2 in there, and they really just got back on defense to kind of prevent Highland Park from getting out and running, They're, what they like to do. They have another guy, Trailers Aldridge. He, he can jump out of the gym. He's, he's, he's a highlight reel just waiting to happen every game. It's his hops, and his, I mean, he can stretch the floor too. Like, he plays the 4-5 and the five for them, but he can step out of the perimeter as well. Um, he played on the uh, an AAU circuit this summer, playing on the national circuit, seeing some high-level competition with the Arkansas All-Red team. Um, so it, to me, it's going to be interesting to see how they can adjust, because they saw it the first time against T-West and lost handily. Uh, so that zone slowed them down, Topeka West got back and didn't allow any transition for Highland Park. Um, in their second rematch uh, this these past couple weeks, it was a, another loss, Topeka West beat them again, but it was much closer this time. Um, Highland Park kind of got out and ran initially to start it off, and then Topeka West kind of fell back to what was working before, switched back to kind of that 3 T zone defense, and then in in the end, uh, Topeka West came out with the win because Highland Park was able to convert better than they had the first time, so it showed growth as far as their zone offense and being able to to attack that zone, but it still kind of got them out of their rhythm. So for me, I think this team does have a chance to make a run in this state tournament, but they're going to have to show um, everybody that, you know, obviously that's going to be on film now. Teams are going to pull out that zone and not let them get out and run and, and take advantage of their athleticism they have on the wings and at the guard positions. So, for me, that's going to be interesting to see h- how much growth they've shown from that recent Topeka uh, West loss to end the season um, and what they can do there. Um, going down through more, the Seaman girls, or actually both, both Seaman teams uh, stand out to me. The Seaman boys, 13 and 7, not a great record. They're the number nine seed here in their sub-state, but they stand out to me, and you know, they're going to have a tall task ahead of them, because if they win on Tuesday, they face the number one seed, Hayes, who's 19-1. But that's a team that, they, they have the pieces. They returned four starters this year. Aaron Davis didn't return until uh, well after the Christmas break, I believe. Um, he's uh, their, their post player, their biggest guy. But that, that team has a lot of scoring ability. Caden uh, Bonner's deadly from three. Ty Henry can do it all inside and out. Um, and they have uh, Mateo Hyman he can just get to the rim at will and the, the problem with that team is just the inconsistency they've shown me because they, they'll pick up a big win and then get blown out the next game. Um, if they can put all the pieces together at the right time, then maybe again, it's a tall task facing a number number one seed and Hayes, 1901 19-1 team, but that's a team that if they can have that one good game, again like we said earlier, like you know when you get into tournament time like this it's just one and done, so if they can put it together at the right time, I think they can have a chance. Um, I just, I've just i been higher on them just because they had four starters back this year and just played inconsistent ball with some injuries affecting the lineup. Um, but, yeah, I'd love to see them kind of put it together at the right time. Uh, and the Seaman girls, I mean, I think they're one of the better. They, they had so much youth on this team. Their are best players, a, a freshman. Um, she had played high-level AAU ball coming in, so they knew about her. But she's been their kind of leading scorer all year long. They've had a couple of juniors uh, come back that have kind of set the tri- set the, the standard for them, but all their their main rotation players are, are pretty much uh, freshmen and sophomore. They have three three post players that are five ten and above that are kind of interchangeable and kind of clean up the boards. Uh, they have uh, Taylor Stahlbommer, who's the centennial, League newcomer. Of the last year as a freshman, she's uh, continued to kind of build on her game. She's their um, three point specialist from the outside. Uh, they, again, those couple juniors I, I mentioned coming off the bench and providing more, more shooting as well. So, you know, to end the season, I think they took down they took down Topeka High, the number two ranked team in 6A. They upset them after playing even the first game uh, earlier in the season. Uh, they only lost to Topeka High by five points. So we knew that they had was a good matchup then. And then the second time around when they hosted them, they beat them. Um, and then later that week on Friday, they beat a uh, top-ranked 5A team in Lansing. Uh, so they kept it going there. And then to end the season as well, I know they picked up another ranked win against Emboria, uh, another ranked, another you know, strong uh, 5A program. So they're rolling at the right time. They're 15-5. and 5. Despite So despite that youth, they were, they were, that was another team that kind of brought back um, experience from a state tournament qualifying team last year. So they have that youth, but they have experience as well. So you kind of blend in that youth with experience, and they kind of don't know any better. They're kind of just going on playing, and they're kind of yelling at the right time. So it's been fun to kind of watch them uh, put it together at the right time. Um, going down here a little bit more. Topeka High, obviously, you kind of touched on that a little, little bit. But there, the girls, uh, were, they had that upset this evening. Um, so, I, I don't know. I've, I've been so impressed at their ability to be where they're at. Um, highly ranked all season, they lost uh, not argue, but I think the, the best player in the Centennial League, uh, Niaja Kennedy, choosing to forego this season with uh, committing to Stanford to play softball. Um, she chose to kind of sit out and focus on that, um, so she could play more with her club team based out of Louisville this year. And they've just continued to do what they do. I mean, Kiki Smith. Uh, she's has gotten D one offers since her freshman year. She's now a junior. She's led the Centennial League in so many categories. Led the team and led her team as well. I think this points. Rebounds, deals, and assists. Um, so, and she's she's doing that from the guard position. So, her ability to kind of dictate the flow of the game and do everything is is impressive. Um, that's at the two guard. You got Tay Thomas, who's going to uh, play collegiate ball next year. Um, so, those two really have kind of stepped up to be kind of become the girls for the team as far as like players that they're going to look to in crunch time. Um, and and they're they they've done it. They've stepped up and done that without kind of their their post player, their safety blanket, and Kennedy. And and I can't talk about that without giving credit to their post players that have stepped up in the absence of Kennedy this season Addison Carroll Deshaun Wiley face shields like I mean they've all stepped in and done more than been more than solid as Addison Carroll after having kind of a, a limited role last year as a freshman has stepped in this year or as a sophomore last year stepped in and been become the team's leading rebounder um, and and they're Uh, So I've been really impressed at them able to carry on their success after losing such an impactful player as Kennedy on on both ends of the floor. Um, So I think they do have a chance to make a quality run. I mean, I think the matchups and just how Seaman played them both times, like I was really surprised at that loss uh, this late in the year that uh, Topeka High had to Seaman because that was after they had beaten Washburn Ruler for the second time, and the, se- the two games against Washburn Rule were really close as well, and Topeka High clutched up against Washburn rule at the end to kind of pull it out. So for them to do that, I thought, you know, they're gonna end the season uh, on a high note, go into that tournament rank very highly, and for Simon to come in and, and upset them like that, I was uh, I was impressed. Um, and they also, I know uh, Topeka High took a loss to, uh, oh, it was uh, Bishop Miege I think? It was another 4A highly ranked team as well, but so, you know they had like a, a couple stumbles at the end of the season, but they're still entering the season, the postseason. I think with the ability to make another deep run. Um, and then the last couple here, the typical West Boys, nineteen and one, one of the best. I mean, I again having a more limited scope this year with our with our coverage and, and staying with the area teams. I haven't seen some of these other top guys, but I'd have a hard time saying there's anybody more impactful or better than Elijah Brooks. Um, in, in boys high school basketball. Uh he, he does it all. And he can the way that, you know, teams will play a boxing one on, teams will face guard him, um, his ability to just still have an impact on the game the whole time and still kind of make it seem effortless is just really impressive. Like he averages I think just under thirty points a game and it's it always looks like an easy thirty. It's never like you get like you see this scorebook at the end of the game, you're like, oh yeah. But then like you're watching the game and it never seems like he has to work for it. Like he he glides to the rim he can get to the rim at will no matter kind of what you put on him what looks you put at him and he's uh the team's leading stealer. Uh, is up there in rebounds as well i mean uh, <laughs> i don't know enough to say about the guy like he's it's crazy it's been crazy to watch him this year and and I, it, at the same time like what he does allows the rest of that team to excel too you have malachi bird coming in the, the quarterback for the football team um he cleans up the boards plays strong in the post uh Xavier Alexander, uh, the junior point guard, he's their second leading scorer. Uh, he's a sharpshooter from the outside. Xander off as well, a senior uh, who's going to be playing collegiate baseball next year. He's a sharpshooter as well. Um, so they, I think the complementary pieces of Elijah Brooks being the superstar and the guys they have around him and their ability to um, play off of him, You know, they know how much attention uh, Brooks is going to garner and how much he does garner, and that kind of allows them to be... Um, aggressive at the right times when they need to, to take their opportunities and you know that that's leading to their, their number three seed um, and then uh, they overtook Highland Park. The Highland Park and the Topeka West boys were ranked all season and Highland Park initially started the season ranked above them and now Topeka West uh, around the middle of the season and then to close the year, a regular season has uh, surpassed them and then I think the last one we touched on again um, already we talked about it a little bit Billy was the Washington River Girls um, I think yeah, I think they, again, just to sum it up, since we already talked about it earlier, they just have that quality run. They have they have the experience back. I think the only issue is their depth. Um, if they get in foul trouble, that could cause some issues. But, you know, I, it's nothing I haven't – It's in covering them more than a few times this year, it's never been an issue. They've had some players pick up a few fouls kind of when you wouldn't want to, either late in the first half or early in the third, where you think, okay, that might affect something if they're going to be out now. But at the same time, they played solid enough. To end the game where they're all still in the game. So, um, yeah, <laughs> a mouthful there, but uh, there's quite a few teams I think here in the Centennial League that have, I was like, going to say, I
1: think there's going to be four girls' teams from the Centennial League that make it either in 6A or 5A. Uh, of course, Rural and T High, of course, in 6A. I, I really like Siemens' chances, and then, of course, Emporia as well. Emporia just cannot slip up because. I think Andover Central is It's the sixth, and that one could be a challenge because last year Emporio was the number one seed in their sub-state because they had it. They didn't seed it all like they have done in years past because they did it regionally due to COVID last year, and then they ended up drawing Seaman again, and Seaman ended up winning, and then the Seaman came here and lost by, I think, almost 30 to Salinas Central. But... Uh, I think we're going to see the Centennial League well-represented at 6A and 5A on the girls' side. I think Weston and, and High Park are going to be at 5A boys. Um, and then AVCTL2 is going to be well-represented with uh, the Salina Central girls, maybe Andover Central. I think the Andover boys are going to maybe do something, but... I, I can't remember who their three seed is, but but Mays the, the, the ABCTL is going to get well represented in one and two Derby Girls, of course, uh, you know lost to Washburn Rule in the in the Free State tournament uh, in January, uh, but there's going to be a lot of good basketball in six A and five A and four A is going to be good uh, with Bueller boys hopefully making the run and I can. Agree with Billy that that team's going to make a run if Jack this stays healthy. What he, he banged knees on a play against Winfield on th- Thursday or Friday night.
2: On the replay on the live stream, it, it looked like it was a non-contact layup after a missed layup. And he went up for a rebound <clears throat> and then landed on his left knee, it looked like. And he, I don't know. I didn't watch the rest of it, but that's what I found and I exited the game but yeah that's never good to see obviously so hopefully he's healthy enough because he's really the the focal point of that that team if if he's off then kind of the rest of the team is off too but it's good when bueller has guys like wade meyer grant ricker obviously senior point guard isaiah hernandez to lead the way and help if both goes down or any one of those interchangeable parts goes down so that, that'll that be important for Bueller coming up this week. Um, we'll see how they look against Wellington, if it's the blowout we expect, and uh, we'll go from there because they'll, they'll likely face El Dorado in that sub-state final. So that'll be pretty good. We're going to take a quick break and wrap things up after this quick break on the at Kansas Sports Podcast, which is kind of crazy. Tomorrow's March. March is here. March, March. Madness, baby. March Madness is here, Best time of the year. We'll be right back here on the Gannett Kansas Sports Podcast. And welcome back. You're listening to the Gannett Kansas Sports Podcast. You've been listening to the podcast on here. Your- Podcast video of your choice, whether that's Spotify or Apple Podcasts, so the way it's free on there. So hit the subscribe and like button on there and listen to our previous episodes as well, all the way dating back to football season and catch up on basketball as well, leading into this episode, and you'll be caught up on all things in Kansas regarding sports. We're going to close this segment and the podcast out talking about two things in each of our areas: the team that will make the longest run and why. In a sleeper team that could perhaps shock some people. We'll start with you, Seth. There's a good number of teams in your area that could make either of these categories, but who will you categorize for each?
0: Uh, so for the team that I think that can make the furthest round, I'm going with the typical West boys. Um, you know, They went to the 5A state championship game last year. Now they have a chance to kind of get back there and get it done. Um, they have that superstar in Elijah Brooks that I talked about earlier already. Um, I think he's really kind of taken the reins and stepped in as being Uh, becoming the guy for the team Um, you know he's been a varsity contributor these past few years and now he's really stepped into that superstar role this year again like i touched on before too he's got those guys that fill in and and allow him to do what he does by being kind of threats and teams can't focus i mean most of that attention is on him but teams do have to kind of pay attention to the other guys kind of xander put off xavier alexander that are are Kind of stepping on hitting the shots when they need to, um, so that's going to be my team that can I think can uh, make it the furthest. Um, if that is the state championship remains to be seen, but I think um, they've got that superstar power and those complementary pieces. Um, and as far as the uh, sleeper team, it's going to be um, Seaman. You know, they started the season four and three, and again as I mentioned, they end the season with one, two, three, four, five, five straight wins. Um, and you know, they are playing their best ball at the right time. Uh, they've got youth, but they've got they, they play a good de- – like their focus, you know, defense wins championships always comes into play around this time of year. Um, They play really good defense. They clean up the boards, and uh, they've proven that they can get it done on the offensive end as well. So that's my sleeper team, Seaman so Girls Basketball.
1: There you go. What about you, Dylan? Okay, so the team I think is going to go the farthest is the Salinas Central Girls. They've been ranked no- <laughs> It's pretty, pretty obvious. obvious. Number one team in 5A mm-hmm. since after – Aquinas lost uh, in their championship game of their midseason tournament. Uh, And I could tell you this, fellas, I didn't bring this up earlier, but nobody has lost to Salinas Central more than 11 points. Like the closest margin of victory for Salinas Central has been 11 points, I believe. I'm going to have to pull it up, but I know it's like 11 or 12. But something that I've been noticing in the month of February when they've been playing a team. A second time, or maybe even a third time, like they did against Andover, it's always closer. So I mean, I like their chances in their sub state, and I I I just see them going far. They made it to the semifinals last year. They had they got two goals already checked off the list. They got two more to go. The next one is sub state title, and then the next one is a state title. They're they're one of two undefeated in 6A and 5A. the North is. Undefeated in, in Class 6A. Uh, this team is on a mission with their senior leadership with Aubrey Kearse, who's, who's their all time leading scorer at Salinas Central, and then she's going to Navy. And then you got um, Hampton Williams, who's going to go to Abilene Christian, who's a stretch three, four, can shoot, rebound, step out, and take a three. Michaela Cunningham is a good junior point guard for them. And then they got Lisey Samilton in the post uh, you know, at six foot that can do some good things as well. Um, but I see them uh, making the deepest run. I think the Sleeper team, I, I just have to go with both Southeast of Selene teams as that. I, I just got to say that because they have played the tough competition all year. Uh, the Southeast boys actually played Heston in Game 1 of the year, and I think lost by 8 or 9 or something like that. But this team, their boys' team, will not lose anybody next year. Or heading, They won't lose anybody this year. They'll be the same team next year. So I could see them doing some good things in in state. But like you said, Billy, 3A is going to be loaded, you know, who, with whoever is going to come out of the Nickerson sub-state. But... And then you got Silver Lake uh, coming out, uh, potentially coming out of the, their sub state. Uh, but I like, I like, but I, I'm gonna say they're sleepers because even though they're they're the number one seeds in the Minneapolis sub state, but I know they're gonna come out of that. Uh, and then I guess one other sleeper I could go with would be the Sacred Heart boys. They're the two seed in the Re- Republic County sub state. However, they're gonna have to get past Saint Mary if they want to get to the Class two A state tournament in Manhattan.
2: Yeah, I'm gonna have to say um on the team that goes furthest for the Rideau County area, it's a tie really between four, three or four teams. I, I would say it's either the Nickerson Girls, Pretty Prairie Girls, or Central Christian Girls, and maybe up there as well the Bueller Boys. But I think out of all of those, I think Pretty Prairie goes the furthest because. They they revenged their their loss their sub state loss last year against Norwich. They've played really well. They beat Central Christian actually the, uh, last week, in uh in the heart of heart of the Plains League Championship game pretty much. And they split the league. So Pretty praise has got the same group back as last year. Same girls that dedicated to getting back to state and wanting wanting to reach state. Um, McKenna Vogels a really strong player over there. Bailey Young they're they're the two headed monster over there down in the post. Um, averaging about 15 points a game each, and they have just a strong support system with Jorah Harbaugh, who can shoot the three really really well, Trinity Cruz, with her defense and speed and awareness on the court. And their bench goes pretty deep as well, so they have a lot of tools that can get them to make a Final Four, potential Final Four run. And I say that because Nickerson can also make that run if they get past Cheney in that sub-state final. Once they get past Cheney, I think they can make it back to the final four, which they did two of the three two of the two of the three years in recent time under Coach McLean as well. So, but if, if in order for Nickerson to do that, they got to get past Cheney, and so that'll be fun to watch. I'll probably definitely be in there this coming Saturday. And my sleeper team got to go with uh, the Hutchinson girls. They've been uh, they're they're I don't on paper you don't think they're a sleeper team. But compared to last year, I don't think they were nearly as good. I may have to go back, and I could clearly be wrong. But again, the same players, maturity, growth, the the way they've played this year, the teams they've beaten this year. They beat Mays to start the year. They beat a good May South team twice. Uh, I say that, and they and they also swept Mays again. And they, they played Derby close to end the year as well. And uh, just... Grace Posh and Aaliyah Green have been great as freshmen this year to uh, support Jason Jason Moriassi, the Maya Thompsons of that team, you know. So they have a lot of real, real good chances. They'll they'll run into Washburn, but we, we, we mentioned this earlier earlier, Seth. If Washburn might get in foul trouble, it might open the door for Hutch. So we may that matchup will could definitely be a good one over there. So that's my sleeper team, the Hutchinson girls. I'll be there on Tuesday as the hutch girls take on manhattan at home at the saltac activity center and then the hutch boys could also also be a sleeper team as well they'll host garden city uh on wednesday at 6 p.m also at the SAC. so as we wrap this up you know couple you guys mentioned real quick where you're going to be at so we know what type of coverage we're gonna we're gonna get this week uh, i think we mentioned it during the break but what are you where are you going to be at this week dylan
1: uh, I'll be at Celine Girls tonight on Monday as we're recording this. Uh, Tuesday night, uh, I'm going to be at Sacred Heart and Celine Boys, since that's a county rivalry. Wednesday night, uh, that's still a toss-up between Central and South. Uh, and then Thursday... Who is, who is Central
2: and South playing?
1: Okay, so Central is playing Newton... And then South goes to Seaman on the That's girls' side. Teams. There you go. Yeah. So, um, yep. So that one's up in the air. And then Thursday, that one's up in the air because just got to see how things kind of play out from Monday. And then same thing with Friday. State bowling is also this week as well. As so I got Salinas House boys and girls, you know, going for a state title and, and bowling, and then Saturday, it kind of just that's up in the air too. I hope to be at Salina Central Substate Tile game, but also I want to I want to go up to Minneapolis, which is about twenty minute drive north of Salina. I want to see southeast of Saline too, but uh, it's it's gonna be difficult. Uh, we got There's a lot, lot of planning
2: the, and seeing. We got it, the, yeah, the chips yeah. fall.
1: So, so yep, uh, basically. Wednesday through Saturday is up in the air right now. There you so go. I could I could probably help Seth out on on Wednesday with that Seaman South game since it's in Topeka. I don't know where, where he's going to go on on Wednesday, but um, but yeah, uh, we'll just play the cards and uh, go wherever where wherever we need to go because I mean it's it's going to be difficult it's it's difficult right now to try to get all these teams covered and everything i like to see at least one team at least one team like early because if they could get eliminated in the, in the semis or the finals then i know where i i need to be at for saturday
2: yeah what about you seth where are you going to be at this week as far as a, or are you still in a toss-up as well
0: I was going to say, I also was laughing when Dylan was talking because like I'm, I'm right there. i got got uh, six area bowling teams going to be uh, at the Bowling State Finals on Thursday and Friday. So i got to figure that out. Um, and then I'm in uh, discussions uh, this morning with my freelancer on his availability as well. Um, so we're trying to figure that out as well. So I'm kind of a toss-up as well. i got to figure out uh, what I'm going to do because i got a couple of bowling features lined up, obviously, um, with basketball, the state tournament coming up, but the bowling state tournament uh, coming to its conclusion this week. Um, I want to make sure we get that that coverage in there first, uh, so I can't really definitively say where I'm going to be at yet for uh, basketball. What's lessons. the
2: highest you've bowled, guys?
0: Uh, you know that would be under classified <laughs> information. <laughs> um, <laughs> yes, all well, right. We're leave all it right. At that. I'll, I'll probably
2: all right, all right. I'll probably say my golf swing was about or my longest my longest driving golf was I think 240 my my bowling one uh man sometimes I go under 100 sometimes I go over so I'll also leave it at that but but uh but yeah there you go guys we're going to be pretty busy this week as we mentioned we got basketball this week bowling on Friday substate finals going on through Saturday and we'll figure out who's going to be at what state sites going on next week we'll also have a podcast coming out next week as well of a the more condensed postseason and break down those matchups coming up as well. So we'll we'll see how the chips fall this week and and uh, it should be a fun week ahead and so again we we'll want to remind you if you're not a subscriber to any of the Gannett Kansas websites, CJ Online, dot com and Hutchnews.com, you can be for a dollar for six months. I think that deal is still going on right now. You missed if you missed out on the twenty-two dollars for two-year deal for adult digital access, we still got that deal going on. And as well, you can subscribe to this podcast on Spotify and Apple Podcasts as well. But that's completely free. You can hear all our nonsense and our and our laughs and all that good stuff. And As well as look back at what we said in the past and maybe poke fun at us for that. But, you know, that'll wrap this one up for Dylan and Seth. This is Billy Watson. We're going to head out there and have a good week this week and get some good coverage and break down and see who's going to make it to state basketball. So with that, we'll see you at the games.